Hello and welcome to episode 43 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you doing? I'm Emma. And I'm Dan. And we're here to tell you some gorgeous ghostly tales today, but first we need to make some apologies. We do. So our episode is a little bit late. It's very late, really. There's kind of a series, a sequence of events that caused this. Number one is that I went on holidays. Sorry. Went on holidays with my mum and my sister. I had a lovely time, just to let you all know. Um, And then we had the gorgeous Ben and Sinead from the Demon Gin got married. And it was a very important wedding to us. So it was. We had a wedding day. And then we went to visit Dan's parents, took all our podcasting equipment, and I couldn't get anything to work. So there we are. That's why we're late, basically. Apologies. Apologies. But, you know, we've got three listener stories today, which should make it worth the wait. And before we commence, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. I was waiting intensely to do this. Like, right, got to remember, got to remember. Let's go. I would like to thank Emily Jarrett, Kate Holiday Green, Katie. Oh, it is Katie. Sorry, blindo. <laughs> Katie Holiday Green, <laughs> Emily M, uh, Sarah Johnson, Phil G, Cassandra Brown, Tom Barney, Emily. That was a nice easy one. <laughs> Zally Lidicote, Jackie. Matthew Collins, Rhonda Kay, or Y, Tracy Henley, Christopher Woodside, Indy Roberts, Amanda Dalcassian. What a cool name! That name sounds like Amanda Dalcassian sounds like a villain in like a superhero movie. Or a Dalcassian or a detective. I love that. Uh, Gary Knowles, Hayden Fox, who used to play for West Ham. Obviously, probably not him. But... Hayden, can you let us know if it's the same person, please? Uh, and Melissa Masella. And that is our Patreon shout-outs for this week. Obviously, we appreciate you so much and we are eternally grateful for giving up your hard-earned cash. Thank you. Our film review this week is Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation was released in 2017. It has 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? Go for it. Former toy maker Sam Mullins and his wife Esther are happy to welcome a nun and six orphaned girls into their California farmhouse. Years earlier, the couple's seven-year-old daughter Annabelle died in a tragic car accident. Terror soon strikes when one child sneaks into a forbidden room and finds a seemingly innocent doll that appears to have a life of its own. Can I do an alternative synopsis? Yes. You remember that doll, Annabelle, from the country films? This is how she was made. Good synopsis. Very, very accurate, brief, to the point. What were your thoughts on this film? So, I saw this in the cinema. Because I'm going to pause you there for a second, because when I put up that we were doing Annabelle Creation yeah. as our film review, people were like, no way. You got Dan <laughs> to watch a doll film. But this was actually, I'm going to I'm gonna shock everybody, this was actually Dan's choice. So, I watched this in the cinema, and I hated every minute of it, because it freaked me out, and I was on my own in the cinema because I don't think there's anything wrong with going to the cinema on your own Uh, but that's another story for another day and I was freaked out by this film but trying to be a little bit rational about it came out of the cinema and thought "Mm, I was probably a bit more freaked out of it by it because it was in the cinema I'm sure it was actually a little bit ridiculous so I suggested that we watch this this week because A it was on Prime and I didn't realise it was so that's cool uh, but also I was kind of expecting it to be not as scary and actually a little bit ridiculous when I watched it in the normal time with Emma who would rationalise everything for me however <laughs> it was still terrified <laughs> I don't know whether it was really scary or whether it was just because the doll was in it a lot but I don't yeah I thought the doll was actually the least scary thing about that film because she doesn't actually really do that much 
Like, you know, she, she she's not like she's she there. looks freaky. Yeah, she's there. She looks freaky, but she's not up strolling around. She's kind of the least scary thing about the film. Mm. I really liked this film, and I feel really like like I'm letting myself down saying that. I thought, like you, I thought I was going to find it ridiculous. I thought it was going to be really Hollywoodized and cheesy, and actually, I was quite frightened watching it. I spent a lot of it watching it through my fingers, freaking out, and I didn't think I would be. I really enjoyed it. See, really, really enjoyed it. I think the, ni- the, the nice thing, there's nothing nice about this film. The thing that comes from this is you actually realise that there is actually quite a lot of effort gone into making the Conjuring universe. Because there's little, there's like a reference to the nun. Oh yeah, and I thought when that happened, <laughs> I thought this is going to be, Is it? I didn't realise this was a film about the nun. That was what I said. Yeah. But it's not, it's just a little nod to it. Yeah. I thought they used sound really cleverly in this film. There was a lot, and I, you know how I feel about soundscapes. Yeah. Ugh, sound freaks me out more than anything else. They use sound really cleverly. There was a lot of uh, movement that was too quick, mm. which was gave me the heebie-jeebies. A lot of extending and kind Cracking of warping bones. the human body, but not in a violent, gory way. As or in, in an unrealistic way, which yeah. it did briefly, because you were like, oh, that's just spoil it. Oh, when, uh, with the demon bit, yeah. yeah. So when you're introduced to the demon the first time, I was like, oh no, this is going to be... But they didn't over-rely on no, it. No, they, they didn't. They didn't. The The demon itself that exists within this film is not very frightening, but everything that happens around the demon yeah. is actually quite scary. I Do you know what? It is Hollywoodized, but not overly so. And I think I think the whatever it is... 6.5 out of 10 and 71% on Rotten Tomatoes are actually justified. Yeah, very I thought fair. it was a think, good film. I think they do do things right in the Conjuring universe. Like, I know we had issues with the Enfield one and the first one's a bit weird in places, but it is done well. There's just a lot of little links that I really appreciate. And I wasn't a massive fan of the first Annabelle. I thought that was a bit of an overkill, but this one... I haven't seen the first Annabelle, so I feel like I want to go back and watch it. But a lot of people have said, when I put this up on Instagram and Facebook, they said the first one was terrible. Yeah. But actually, Annabelle creation was quite good. Yeah. There's there's lots of bits of this film that I didn't like right from the beginning. Didn't like because you were frightened or didn't like because... because I was frightened, not didn't like because they weren't very good. What I really liked was at the end of the film they did... So the real Annabelle doll is actually the Raggedy Ann doll. And they do a great little nod to the fact that the Annabelle they use in the films isn't remotely like the Annabelle that exists in real life in the Warrens Paranormal Museum. So I liked that. I was like, okay, fair enough. It's been a bit self-reflective. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was genuinely, genuinely a good film. Decent. If you want a good horror film to watch, I would recommend it. And I just don't think it would have worked as a... Hollywood film if they'd have used the Raggedy doll that it is in real life. No, it wouldn't have worked because it's the Raggedy Ann doll isn't doesn't no. look scary and no. visually you need to see that doll and be filled with impending yeah. doom. Yeah, and you are because she's awful. Oh my gosh, she is quite awful. I'll give you that. Oh, so, no. what would you give this film out of five? Four. You know what? Me too. Mm. I'm. I agree with you. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Something that really pissed me off was the over egging of the Irish accent of the priest in the very beginning <laughs> he wasn't in it for long though he wasn't in it for long but my god did that piss me off Jesus Mary and Joseph <laughs> an Irish priest wouldn't say that but anyway because that's blasphemy because obviously if you're working within a Catholic institution you can only be Irish apparently yeah or, or Mexican <laughs> or Mexican because the nun was Mexican wasn't she yeah but anyway really good film I would recommend it the only thing I didn't like about it was that it maintained its scariness from the cinema to the, to the front room 
<laughs> did you think I'm going to find this really easy in the front row? Well, I was really, I found it terrifying and I told you this originally, but I was kind of like thinking, oh, this is, I'm going to, you're going to rip it out of me when you watch it and you go, you're going to be like, how did you find this scary? And I was like, well, at least I've, I can say, well, I was watching it in the cinema, so it's a bit more immersive. And on your own as well. And on my own. But then, no. No, it's quite good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm. Good film. Our stories this week, we've got three stories and I'm guessing they're not about family trips to the bowling. No, no family trips to bowling this week. Although next week, <gasps> you might be pleasantly surprised. I'm lying. Oh. You won't be pleasantly surprised. Are you ready for story number one? Never. Story number one comes from Christopher. So thank you, Christopher, for sending in your story. In October 1982, I, at age 15, was in my freshman year of high school and living in a suburb outside Chicago for which my father served as mayor. As a result, after my parents' divorce, between my dad's day job and political events he attended on nights and weekends, my brother Scott, then aged 12, and I were often left alone. That fall, I worked the lighting crew for a school play over two weekends. It was fun. But after the first Friday show, I walked home alone, about a 10-minute trip. When I entered the house, most lights were off and the only sound was the TV from the basement room. I walked down and switched on the lights to find my brother Scott hiding under a couch. At first, I thought he was planning to pop out and scare me, but I could see that he was badly shaken. What also struck me was that the space under the couch was very tight, so Scott couldn't have scrunched himself beneath it easily. After he calmed down, Scott explained that he'd been watching TV alone, our dad was at a meeting, and he began hearing noises from our father's bedroom then hard-soled footsteps walking the upstairs hall. But more strangely, a small dog and a cat that we had at the time went halfway up the stairs leading to the second storey, then refused to go any further, both meowing and barking in agitation. Fearing that someone had broken in, Scott then hid under the sofa and listened to the steps continue down the hall and enter the kitchen, when the sound of cabinet doors banging could be heard. But moments later, I apparently came home, and all unusual noises stopped. Scott and I anxiously flicked on all the lights, checked every room in the house. There was nothing there, plus all windows and doors were secured from the inside. Still, Scott was so rattled that he begged me to bring him to the next night's show so he didn't spend another evening at home alone. Sympathetic, I bought him a ticket and stuck him in the back row while I worked on the lights. Afterwards, we went home together. The house was quiet. Nothing unusual happened that night or during the next several nights. The play's last two performances rolled off the next weekend and Scott reported nothing odd at home, although our dad was home with him, so I didn't feel bad about leaving him alone. Either way, I chalked up whatever Scott and our dog and cat had experienced as a one-time thing. The following Saturday night, Scott and I were alone in the house watching TV. Again, things were pretty standard. The lights were off in the room and all was calm. It was about 9pm. Then from upstairs, I heard what sounded like scuffing from our father's bedroom, as if someone was searching his dresser, like a burglar. And just as Scott had reported, our pets grew agitated and ran halfway up the stairs, but did not go further, as we both heard steps walking the hardwood floor, then entering the kitchen, cabinet doors knocking and chairs sliding. In short, everything that Scott had claimed to have occurred two weeks earlier happened again and in the exact same order. Moments later, the noises stopped, 
and we stood on the stairway landing with our pets, who found the courage to go upstairs. I followed very gingerly. Another quick search found nothing out of order. All doors and windows were secured. For the record, Scott and I never told these incidents to our father, as he was a hardened sceptic. We just kept what happened to ourselves. But the incidents I have described never occurred again. As to possible causes, our grandfather died a year earlier, although he and our father were not close. But part of me wonders if he was still hanging around out of guilt for his role in their strained relationship. However, other incidents I experienced included seeing a door lock itself from the inside, my foot being touched while in bed, which scared the hell out of me, and a tall shadow shooting down the hallway. Years later, Scott also confided in me to have him woken one morning to see an apparition of our late grandfather standing outside his bedroom door staring at him. But gradually all occurrences slowed to a trickle and we moved out in 1986. For the record, our dad never experienced anything unusual in the house. Or if he did, he never said so. Mm. I don't like... uh, The only thing that really got me in this was the foot being touched. Because that's one of my big sort of like paranoid things that's, that's going to happen. Because I'm always too long for most beds. Because mm, of the way true. that I sleep on the pillows. Which means that normally the duvet is not covering my feet. And I'm always worried about something touching me. Well, since watching the first Paranormal Activity, which is a stunning film. Genius. Yeah. I find it really hard to sleep with my leg out of the bed. Because I'm always really paranoid that I'm going to be dragged off. <laughs> into oblivion by some sort of demon love i love poltergeist stories love them love them love them and this yeah. sounds like poltergeist activity it does but it also sounds like it's probably his granddad doesn't it yeah probably like because i think it's interesting that they've been through a trauma yeah. in that like their parents divorce yeah. regardless of whether it ends on good terms or not is inevitably traumatic for a child and they're also pubescent and prepubescent boys yeah which is one of the caveats of a poltergeist haunting, isn't it? That yep. you have people or kids, generally girls, going through puberty. But anyway, mm-hmm. and it sounds like it potentially was their granddad. Yeah. But yeah. whatever the reason was for following that pathway of looking through his dad's bedroom, walking down to the kitchen and going through all the cupboards. Who knows? I'd be under that sofa. He'd come home and find me trying to get under the sofa. <laughs> Our sofa has about a two inch gap under it, so... <laughs> I think I'd struggle a little bit. He'd, or he'd, the sofa would be like up and I'd be hunched underneath it and you'd be like, what are you doing? What would you do if you were at home and you heard somebody like in the spare bedroom set bims on him. Go downstairs and then root around in the kitchen and you came down and everything was locked and there was nobody here. Set bims on him. She wouldn't do anything. No, she wouldn't, but I'd feel better about it because I know what bims is like and if she could do something, she would. I love that story as well because there's two verifications of it. Yeah. So obviously his brother heard it, and I'd yeah. imagine a part of you would be like, "Oh, you must have been imagining things like." Oh uh, yeah, definitely. There's when it's no your, way. When it's your younger brother as well. Yeah, you'd just be like, "Go away, you're annoying." Like you didn't hear that at all. But then when you hear the exact same thing in the exact same order, weeks later mm. or whatever amount of time it was that passed, I think it's really interesting as well that they didn't tell their dad. Yeah, but that sounds like a busy man, though, doesn't he? That does sound like a busy man. I wonder if he. I. I because love... mayor's in mayor's in the like proper mayor's. In the States. Yeah, are busy people. Because they actually do stuff. They're not like the mayors in this country where they just kind of walk around with a chain on, go to couple parties. <laughs> I'd love to things. know if their dad actually did experience anything and just never said that he did. Yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? 
Are you ready for story number two? Mm, no. Story number two comes from Keelan. So thank you, Keelan, for giving us your gorgeous story. So this is a nice one. Mm. You said it was a gorgeous story. Mm. Okay. I was listening to the man in the hat episode and I realised... (laughs) Sorry, babe. And I realised I had an experience similar to this when I was a kid. No, it wasn't a man in a hat as such, but it does have to do with really vivid dreams. So when I was a child, maybe nine or ten years old, we lived in this house that was pretty small with a spiral staircase that led up to the loft. The loft was my room for a while until I started having these vivid dreams and started to feel creeped out because the window in my room lined up with the second floor neighbour's window and I swear I would see him looking out the window fairly often at me. I also started to get a terrible fear that the staircase was going to collapse and I started to get bad anxiety about having to go up and down it. I should also add that my dog straight up refused to go up the stairs and I would carry her up and she would immediately bolt back downstairs and wait at the bottom for me until I came back down. My mom swore I was imagining things and suggested I move downstairs into the spare room. The spare room was at the back of the house and had a huge window that overlooked the backyard. Behind our house was a huge field and then woods where my brother and I would often play with other neighbourhood kids. I remember one of our friends was not allowed to go into the field, let alone the woods, and her parents were very religious. She never did tell me why she wasn't allowed, but she never went past our property line and would always just stand there at the edge and wait for us to come back. Once I moved into the spare room, the dream stopped for a while. Then all of a sudden they started again, but were much, much darker. The dreams were always different, but usually ended up in someone getting hurt or disappearing. My dog also refused to go into that room, which I guess I should have seen as a red flag, but kids are naive. There was a bathroom in between my room and my brother's room, and after I started having the dreams, we would wake up every morning to dozens of dead flies in the bathtub. My mum couldn't figure out where they were coming from, and she even had the window resealed, but they still were there every single morning. We all just brushed it off and thought they were making their way in somewhere else in the house and were attracted to the water in the bathroom. The crazy dreams kept coming until I started to realise one day that I had had the same dream every night for over a week. In the dream, I'm watching TV in my room and the closet door would start to shake. I would look outside for a way to get out of the room because the closet was next to my bedroom door. Outside the window, the figure I always saw in my neighbour's window upstairs would be standing at the edge of the field watching me and waiting. (laughs) Then I would wake up. Each night the shape of the man would get closer and closer until one day he was at the window. I remember crying and telling my mum about the dreams and she just said I was watching too much TV before bed. My TV was broken and only had one channel, Animal Planet, so I knew it wasn't that. The last time I ever had the dream I was taking a nap after school and it was the same thing, shaking closet doors, but this time the man was in my room. He threw a round object at me that hit me hard in the stomach. I felt so much pain in the dream that I woke up. When I woke up I was covered in sweat and I ran to the bathroom feeling like I was going to throw up. I looked in the mirror and what I saw I will never forget. I had a huge red circle that looked like a big bruise on my stomach right where he hit me in the dream. I ran screaming to my mum to show her and I told her to ask my brother if he was messing with me because he used to scare me all the time like brothers do. But at this time he was at lacrosse practice and not even at home. I never had the dream after that but still to this day I wonder if it was the spirit messing with me or if I imagined the whole thing. I've never had a paranormal experience since then 
and I'm not even sure if I believe in that kind of thing. But it definitely makes for a good spooky story. Oh, just like stalking. No, he's being stalked in his dream. Imagine, Getting closer and closer overnight, and then eventually in the stomach. Boom. Imagine the fear you'd have of going to sleep. Yeah. If you realise I've had the same dream, you know, two, three nights in a row. Yeah. Imagine, and he was getting closer and closer yeah. in the dream. Uh, uh, Do you remember uh, that story uh, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago that was about um, the exchange student couldn't sleep because he kept having the same dream yeah. at night time? Now I can understand how yeah. that boy feels. Like, that must have but been... But this one's getting closer as well. It's Ooh. not even the same dream. He's just getting closer. So, you know, like, after, like, three or four of them, you know that he's, like, the next one you have, he's going to be... Closer again is oh. the next one. It's so, if the last one you had was him, like, outside the window... Is the next one you're going to have him in the bedroom? Oh, oh I would poo gross, myself. His stomach, gross. And then he had, woke up with the mark as well. That's weird. Yeah. Oh. So do you think that the fear of the man in the neighbor's window was enough to make her create a scenario in her head? Or do you think that the man in the neighbor's window was actually somehow infiltrating her dreams? Is it not he? No, it's a she. Keelan's a boy's name, isn't it? Oh, is it? I thought Keelan was a girl's name. Oh, well, Keelan, we're really sorry. We don't know if you're a girl or a boy. Let us know, okay, please. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a girl. I, I think it's a boy. Okay, well, either way, go on. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I think the question was, oh, do you oh, think... Oh, whether it was a manifestation of... Yeah, or just her anxiety. Well, I think the person in the window wasn't the person in the window anyway. Why, what do you think? It was the spirit. Oh, shut up. Watching her, him, her, him. Well, we don't really them. aspire to gender normatives in this house anyway. So, so you could them. be a they or a them. Watching them. I think it was the spirit watching. Maybe it couldn't leave the next door. Maybe it was trapped in the next door's house and the only way it could get it was through dreams like Freddy Krueger. I was going to say, I was going to say like Freddy Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> Different Freddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, Freddy Mercury, for listening up there. I don't mean to offend you. You know how much I love you. <laughs> Like Freddie Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different nightmare on Elm Street, that one. Yeah, that's what I think. I also want to know what was going on in the woods. That was kind of like a little little tidbit that you gave us and then just moved on. A little um, side story, side swipe. Why wouldn't the little religious girl's parents let her in the woods? I mean, it could have been not even to do with them being religious. It could have been been to be with them being really protective and saying we need to not... We need to... You are out of sight once you're in the woods as well. Yeah, so you need to be in our eye line all the time. So that might be just, you know, a particular... But I'm going for the fact that there's pagan pagan rituals going on in the woods and there's loads of demons running around and that's why they didn't want them in there. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't what I expected you to say. You always do this. You just surprise me all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. But pagan yeah, that was rituals. a little tip. That was a little tidbit that we just got and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Something's going to happen in the woods. But no, it's all happening in your dreams. But it's um, it's also interesting that when she started dreaming about him, he appeared on the edge of the woods garden. So did he come from the woods? Is that where he actually came from? Who knows? Is he a pick? What's a pick? Picked. Pick. A what? It's an Irish thing, right? Little wood demon. A puka? No, a picked. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. P-I-C-T. Maybe it is, but I just don't know it. Okay, yeah, a wood demon. A wood demon. Great story. Yeah, really good story. Um, Loving them today. And our last story is from the gorgeous Carmen, who is a long-time listener. Definitely. Um, huh? Definitely a female. Yes. Well, unless she doesn't identify as female. Oh, yeah, true. You know, whatever, true, whatever true. you want, babe. So Carmen's story is very different. Ah, oh, they're going to finally have a fun family day out. No fun family day out. But yeah. it is very different, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. 
Are you ready? Not now you've given it that introduction, to be honest. I'd rather maybe we just skip over it. Let me start out by saying my family's pasture has always been one of my favourite places in the world. It's a beautiful sloping 22 acres that has a creek running just past the tree line at the bottom. And while it only has three horses now, it used to be quite the little farm. Sounds beautiful. From the time I could walk, I spent most of my childhood chasing guinea and quail, bottle feeding orphaned baby goats and hiding behind cows when I was being called in by whichever adult that was trying to keep me from running wild. My favourite early memory was leading an especially gentle mare named Blossom around at the age of four. This is important later. It was fairly routine for my uncles to bring all of the animals up from the bottom of the pasture when bad weather was on the way or if they noticed one was missing. So one evening they hopped into the truck to drive to the opening of the woods to find a goat that was due to have babies at any moment. She hadn't come up at feeding time and they were worried that she'd gone into labour and was having difficulties. Per usual, they backed the truck up to the opening and trekked the woods until they found the goat, then loaded her into the back to drive her back up. They'd just gotten back into the truck and were looking up at the pasture when Jay saw what he said appeared to be three white dresses walking across the crest. And after a second of confusion, he quickly pulled the headlights on to see exactly what was up there, only to see nothing. My other uncle asked, what, what did you see? In a quick and panicked voice. Jay just slowly shook his head and wiped his eyes while saying nothing, bullshit. And then Elle looked at him and said, I saw them too. Mm. Jay slowly asked, so what too? There were three dresses up there and you know it. My uncles agreed to ask my grandparents about it, but Granny and Papa claimed to have never seen anything. Two months later, and my uncles were helping the neighbour out in his pasture that shared a fence line with ours. While gathering bales of hay, the neighbour asked them if they'd seen anything odd in the pasture lately. My uncles exchanged quick glances, and one of them said, Odd how? What, what do you mean? The neighbour sighed and hesitated before reluctantly saying, A couple of nights ago when I first started bailing, I was just getting ready to wrap it up for the day because the sun was set. I was turning to come back up to the house and I swear I saw girls walking my way from your side. I say girls, but what I mean is, oh shit, I'm not crazy and I swear I hadn't had anything to drink, but I saw three dresses floating up to the fence. Dresses. Just right there, three of them. I turned the bailer off and got down and walked over to them. The closer I got, the more I could see that they were definitely dresses. I even saw the buttons and the stuff on the front. They were just dresses moving slowly my way. (sighs) My uncle asked what he did about it and my neighbour admitted that he finally snapped out of it, freaked out and ran all the way home. Good boy. He left the bailer in the pasture and didn't go back for it until the next day. Later that day, my uncles tell my grandfather what the neighbour had said. My papa said he's been deliberately watching the area where the dresses were seen every evening, and he hasn't seen any dresses. But what he has noticed is that the animals will not walk through that little area. They will collectively walk around it, and he's even seen the herd of 30-plus goats split into two groups and walk around this little 15-foot-long area and then rejoined together once they were past it. The next day, my uncle goes to the spot to see exactly what is there and what could have caused the animals to avoid it. And there's nothing. There's no different whatsoever in the ground. 
So to further convince himself, he goes back to the stable and saddles my beloved Blossom and directs her to walk straight through the area. All is going well, and she's just happily walking along until she suddenly just stops and starts to turn to the right. My uncle pulls the reins back to ensure she goes the way he wants and she just refuses. He tries everything he knows to ride through and eventually half mad and half afraid, he hops down and walks in front of her planning to lead her through. She lays her ears back and still refuses so he really pulls all of his weight into it and for the first time ever, Blossom rears back and sends my uncle flying. This horse who would follow my tiny toddling lead all over the pasture without ever once refusing would not under any circumstance walk through this mystery area for this grown man. I don't think anyone ever saw the dresses again or if they did I never heard about it and Blossom never did walk through that area nor did any of the other animals. I grew up and proved to take after my hard-headed uncle and decided to ride through this area I had stared at so intently a thousand times. The horse was named Pistol and he would go wherever I'd point without any fuss. I walked into the spot and of course he stopped and just tried squirreling backwards. I didn't want to repeat Jay's mistake in assuming I could lead him over, but I suddenly had this brilliant idea that I bet I could run him through it. Not as clever as I thought I was. I had Pistol running full canter and was so pleased with myself until I was suddenly flying ass overhead through the air. Pistol had dug in and thrown me several feet, a first for both of us. I had the breath knocked out of me and just lay there for a few moments waiting for the air to fill my lungs and to decide if anything was actually injured, aside from my pride. Eventually, I sat up and looked down the pasture and pondered whether I'd tell my family about how stupid I'd just been. When out of nowhere, I smelled the most beautiful flowery smell. So perfect, it was just like perfume. I looked over to see Pistol watching me with his ears flat, and I imagined he saw a dress floating directly over my head. So I jumped up and ran away, leaving him standing there, and I wasn't brave enough to go back and get him. So I just stood at the gate waiting for him for half an hour. I realise that this story has no closure, and I honestly don't know if it ever will. I've gone and watched the sunset, and then briefly, the darkness, so many times I can't even guess. I'm sure I'll bring it up the next time my uncle comes through town, thinking maybe hearing the stories for the hundredth time will give me a clue about the dresses, and the spot where they were seen. If I ever see the dresses, or learn any answers, I'll be sure to let you know. That has really freaked you out! Oh, that's horrific! Oh, that's, I did not think that would freak you out as much as it has. Oh, oh, nobody it's... can see Dan, but Dan is like in a ball of anxiety right now. Why did that freak you out so much? Because it's children, but it's not children, is it? It's just dresses. Like, what? What? what oh, it's like symbolic of something, that's like an impending something almost, isn't it? Oh, and the animals going around it. The animals going around it fucked me up. All of these these three stories today had animals in them. And I have to say, animals Carmen, responding. I know it was kind of like the punchline to your story, but I knew the horse was going to throw you off. <laughs> but would you not try it if you were in her position? No, I, would. I wouldn't go anywhere near it. It's I mean, I've horrible. never been on a horse, but I'm assuming that I'd be, na- I'd be, I'd be <laughs> no, a natural. natural. I mean, I'd ride the horse. No, I've got no issues with that, but I wouldn't be trying to ride it through it. It just, they don't want to go. They don't want to go. Like, there's a reason for it. And it's really interesting it's, because... They do, the, they do that when there's a hole in the ground or they do that when there's another danger to them or if it's over a snake's nest or if there's something like that, you know, there's a reason for them going around it. It's a survival instinct. Yeah. Leave them be. 
It is a survival instinct, but kind of 15 feet of land. What could be there? That Ghostly cause... dresses. No, no, but I mean, naturally, what could be there naturally to cause an entire herd to avoid it? Because 15 feet of land is such a small piece of land. And even if it was a snake's nest or something along those lines, her uncle would have noticed it. And it would be unlikely that it would be there the same place every single year. And it would be unlikely that, like, snake's nest aren't an instinctual thing. Do you know what I mean? Like with birds knowing directions no, and know. stuff. No, I I'm not saying that there was actually No, no, I know. There. But that's what I'm saying is it's unlikely that it was a natural thing. Because the, it just seems completely mad that this little 15-foot area would cause so much distress for these animals. Why? I can vividly see the dresses. It's freaked me out. I love how freaked out you are by this one. What? But why dresses? And why not people in dresses? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Why, why would it be dresses? We've not had anything like that before. No. In all of our stories. I'm really hoping it's because... It's actually, like, if you're not imagine, if you've got a really bad imagination or you're just listening to it really sceptically, it's actually a really batshit story, but... Ugh. Yeah, it is mad, but the madder the better. I love it. And you know what's really interesting? So, you know... We regularly get stuff. So the Whistler, for example, we've had... I'm going to have to do another Whistler episode because we've had loads of people respond to being like, I've actually experienced this. Oh, no, I don't want to know those. We're not allowed to do any more. And remember the story we did where the girl saw, like, the good and evil swirling over her head, that battle. Somebody messaged me, like, two days ago and they were like, oh, my God, I experienced the exact same thing. I didn't speak about it because I thought it was completely mental. So these things are happening to other people. You know, these things are happening where people are listening to our stories or, you know, listening to our episodes and they're going, shit, I've experienced this as well. So I need to, I need to know if somebody else has seen dresses. I don't, so just keep them to yourself, thanks. You can send it to me. Just don't send it to Dan. Just send no, it to me. if you send it to Emma, I'm going to hear him eventually. Yeah, you will. But you're just going to have to embrace it, babe. What? We have a paranormal podcast. Mm. You have to do it. Yeah, why did we do it on this? Why, um, why don't we do it about family trips and picnics? And Why are you so obsessed from? with family trips and picnics? <laughs> because I just imagine one time someone just sends you a really mundane story and you're reading it out by accident. And being like, I really should have read this beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> be the one time I didn't pre-read it and I'd be like, oh, oh God. It's more for the humour aspect than me actually wanting it to happen. But yeah, I don't understand the dress. I just don't understand the dresses. Like, what is that? Why Why three? And Is there some kind of lore behind it? I've never heard a lore like it. And I would really, I'm really curious to know if anybody else has experienced something like this. Because dresses is a really, like, they're not just saying I saw wisps or shadows or like a mist in the shape. It's three dresses. Like one of the uncles was like, I literally, or the neighbor was like, I saw buttons and everything. Like yeah. these were dresses. How does that happen? I'm just I'm fascinated by this story. I'm freaked out by it. I don't like it. Like, I really don't like it. Would you like to hear some new reviews? Will that make you feel better? Yeah. Okay, so we've got three new reviews today. Our first one comes from Orlando Holly, and it is entitled, How I See It. I stumbled onto your podcast yesterday. I was entertained enough to listen to a few episodes. It was light and friendly with mind-provoking humour. I like the format. You do a mild review and then lightly explore a topic. Basically, I enjoyed it. My only suggestion would be to reduce the cursing. I can't say it offends me as I'm quite liberal, but it detracts from the show. With that being said, I may not be your target audience. I'm a middle-aged American woman. This is just my opinion. Like I said, I enjoyed it. You know what, Orlando Holly, I genuinely appreciate that opinion. My mum tells me off all the time for swearing. And Dan doesn't really swear on the podcast because he's a lot more disciplined than me. I think it might be my Irish genes. I think that might be what it is but my mum tells me off all the time she's like I did not put you through education for this many years for you to speak like that but sorry I'll try and rein it in a little bit and our next one comes from Mick JM 
just subscribe, trust me. It's been a couple of years since I found a good podcast to recommend to anyone who likes the paranormal. However, this one is the top of my list. I highly recommend it and I also suggest going back and listening to old episodes. Thank you so much, Mick. Do you know what's really mad? What's really mad? Is that people are referring to our other episodes as old episodes. We've like, nearly been doing this a year. Oh no, that's crazy. That's mad. It's a little bit scary, isn't it? Yeah. And our last review today comes from Disney Mansion fan. From Disney? It's actually from Walt Disney. It's from the from Beyond the Grave. Wow. Or from his like oxygen tube somewhere. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Funny and little spooky. I've just binged all 27 episodes over the last few days. This is a couple you wish to live next door. They are fun and funny. The stories are not super scary, but always interesting. The movie reviews are a great segment that makes this podcast a little different from the many ghost ones out there. Give them a try and I doubt you'll stop with just the one. Thank you so much. And actually, you probably don't wish you lived next door to us because we don't look after our garden and it probably really annoys our neighbours. I think it looks quite good now. But it looks a lot better than it did. And also, we don't go out very much, so we just sort of sit at home and record podcasts. I'm now thinking about Walt Disney, like the head of Walt Disney down in the basement at Walt Disney being like... Ring me some podcasts and listen to in his English accent. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously he has an English accent, yeah. I was going to do a country gentleman and it just came out English, but yeah. You know, um, and he's like, I've, I've had enough podcasts, give me more of that real life ghost stories rubbish. I love it. And you know, the heads in jars in Futurama. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. Yes. So, Walt Disney, if you're listening, we love you, even though you're apparently anti Semitic. Awkward. I'm apparently not allowed to say these things without any factual basis anymore. That's what Dan tells me all the time. He says you need to stop slagging celebrities off well, on the podcast. It's more, it's more the fact that we've now getting enough downloads that it's like the wrong person could hear it and then it's a libel case. And, I, you know, <laughs> as lovely as our Patreon supporters are, I don't think we can quite afford the fees. <laughs> And on that note, we would like to implore you to tell your friends about our little... Implode. Implode and tell us all about it. No, we would like to implore you to tell your friends about our little podcast. Tell your friends if they're into the paranormal, just let them know that we're here for them. You know, we're here for their weekly listening. We would like you to leave an Apple podcast review. Was that right? Yeah. An Apple pod... It's an iTunes review. (laughs) <laughs> An Apple Podcast review, only because it helps people see that actually other people are enjoying the show, which means a lot to us. If you want to talk to us, we are always online on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. Dan is on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> at 50p Movie Club. I'm thinking about something I was going to say this way. We sorry. are on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. And we are on Facebook too. So you can chat to us on our Facebook super group. But just go and like our Facebook page. It's Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. And then answer the secret question, which is who are the hosts of Real Life Ghost Stories? It's Dan and Emma, by the way. And then you can be in our super group, which is so much fun and lovely and beautiful. And not a pommy. But not a pom and a what was it? Irish last root ginger hair. No, somebody somebody responded and said, uh, some pommy dude and an Irish girl who I assume is ginger. For the record, I'm actually not ginger. She's not, it's true. Mm, I'm not ginger. I'm actually, I'm blonde, but I'm dark. I'm blonde, but I dye my hair dark. So, you know, just to let you all know. <laughs> and if you want to support us in a money kind of way, you can do so on Patreon. If you sign up to our Patreon for $5 a month, you get a weekly extra episode 
of Tiny Tales, which is another paranormal story for you. If you sign up for $2 a month, you can get the complete back catalogue of 50p Movie Club, which is Dan and Will's other podcast. And you can do so if you log on to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. I've got one more thing to say. Yes, you do. Go for it. If you're a Twitch user, can you add me, please? (laughs) (laughs) Because I might be streaming some computer games, horror computer games, when we get our internet sorted out. (gasps) It'll be this week. That's exciting. Uh, So on Twitch, I am actually my handle for most other things, which is Milo Skibber. So it's M-I-L-O-S-K-I-B-A. So if you find me and add me and just turn your notifications on or something, if I actually get it sorted out, you'll be able to watch me freak myself out playing the man from Medan. Woo! Yeah. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Goodbye.